0: A pleasure to welcome back to the show Richard A. Berry, Berry's Garden Center. How are you doing, sir?
1: Jeff, I'm doing really good since we got that rain.
0: Yeah. It's helped. I know there was some rain in the area today, too. I don't think it ever made it downtown, though.
1: I mean, when it started raining, was it last night? No, two nights.
0: Two nights ago? It was Tuesday night, uh, the heavy Tuesday style. night,
1: that's right. And I just stuck my head out the window. I heard the grass going, ah, yeah. It was dry. So I, I really never got the final word on how many inches we got. Did we get an inch?
0: An inch and a quarter. That, inch and a quarter. Okay, in, so that's over about a six-hour period. Yeah, right?
1: that's, that was great, and it came at night when, uh, or late in the afternoon, evening when um, it didn't evaporate as quickly, and um, so it helped. And you know, and, and that's kind of true. You know, people say, "Well, I'm watering, I'm watering. I think if you really thought about it, the difference is, is that. When we get rain like this, it, it's enough. It's it's over everything, and you know, like today, we got a few clouds. It just it generally leads to uh, weather that would be in, induced that you don't lose as much. And so when we water, we water, it. man, a lot of it was just going in the air, or that plants just is it, just absorbing as much as it can. And um, but anyway, so we need it. It's good. We need more, obviously, but at least it's a start.
0: There you go brought in a whole bunch of uh, plants I don't I, know if you want to get into those first I did I, I'll you... talk
1: a little bit about uh, we'll talk about vegetables first uh you know r- you know again with this uh, rainfall uh, that we had that was you know big for a lot of things but also very big for the vegetables and uh you know we're still seeing a lot of uh, insect uh, issues and in, uh, uh, as well as fungus issues uh, which is normal for this time of year and so just kind of be aware of that. But for the most part, uh, you know, the vegetables needed a good saturation and that helped and some overcast weather will help. And so I, all things are good. Some things are starting to play out. Uh, you know, some of the cucumbers are starting to play out. And so people are replanting and you can direct seed it. So, you know, that's not an issue. The tomatoes will, for the most part, start to play out. In fact, we started getting our heat tired tomatoes in yesterday, uh, as well as some few eggplants and peppers. And, um, uh, a lot of people are saying the peppers aren't coming in as well, and that's true. Just don't give up on them. I'm saying keep the plant healthy, fertilize it, and a lot of times they'll really start heavy producing when temperatures start to subside a little bit in Septemberish, hopefully. And, um, and so just don't pull them up so they're not producing. now. Nah, just just hang in there. Just keep them healthy. And, uh, but for the most part, the, the rulings have been is that the, the vegetable crop has been very, very good. Tomato crop has been very, very good. Cucumbers well have done well so, so far a good season and uh, um, but things will start to play out uh, you know, tomatoes and, and, and uh, the cucumbers and so that's normal. Uh, okra is going to keep going till till it gets cool which I hope that would be in September, but it won't. So <laughs> <laughs> it'll be uh, mid to late October, November before that starts to play out. So the heat time stuff is going to going to hang in there and do well, as well as the eggplants uh, are doing well, and, and those will produce more too as, as temperatures subside, but, but eggplants have done well. So kind of keep that in mind that um, some things you want to kind of maybe try to replant, and some things you can just let it go and fertilize, keep it healthy. Very good. So today I brought in, uh, you know, one of the biggest things, especially in the spring, people will come in and say that they're trying to, uh, they need a ground cover. And uh, so I want to talk about a few things that you want to be aware of when it comes to ground covers. And, and I guess some of the major issues as with ground cover. Usually the biggest issue is that they have a, some trees or they have a building or they have something and they can't get anything to grow there. And, you know, seven out of ten times it's because of shade. Whether it be from a building, a tree, or whatever that's causing that area just to stay damp, and it's in, uh, and it's damp, and nothing grows. So people want to just do sod, and the problem with Saint Augustine sod it does need some sun, and all the shade tolerant ones, such as ryegrass, which is a, which is great, but it will not grow uh, in the summertime. So it's a temporary fix. And so then we start to lead to ground covers, and ground covers, uh, you know, there's, you know, what is a ground cover? Basically, it is a plant that covers the ground, and they are spreading ground covers, or you can plant, you know, an azalea can be a ground cover, meaning that not so much the tall ones, but they have dwarf, dwarf azaleas that you can you can mass plant them and become a a, uh, a plant that covers a large area, or you have spreading ground covers. Uh, the basic difference between some of the spreaders is that some of the spreaders will spread underground with the roots and some will spread on top of the ground just vining and spreading and so there's kind of a different when it comes to to those differences bed preparation becomes more important for the ones that will actually have to root under the ground and pop back up because the ground has to be really loose and Mm -hmm. viable for that plant to be able to do that if you plant a plant, and most of the listeners probably know what monkey grass is, if you plant monkey grass in a spot that's surrounded by clay soil, uh, it it may stay in that spot or or get only slightly built uh, bigger over many, many years, as opposed to planting that same monkey grass in a bed that has been uh, you know, organic matter has been a- added, it has been tilled, good loose soil has been added, and you plant, it will divide and really flourish. In terms how of deep bigger. would that
0: new uh, it, dirt or composting have to be?
1: A- as a general rule, it would be about four inches, okay?
0: And how does that affect the roots
1: of a tree, say? And, and that's a good question. And so if, you, if, you, if the listeners can remember, is that the feeder roots for trees— or generally, for the most part, where the canopy is is projecting out, and the canopy meaning where the drip line, where the where the limbs extend. And just a good rule of thumb is those feeder roots will be about one third under the drip, drip line and one third beyond. So let's say it's a normal tree, one third beyond the drip line would generally mean there's lawn there. Just just for the sake of this conversation, there's dirt, there's grass. Generally speaking, one third be under the drip line. Is probably not lawn because roots and shade and all that. So so that's where your feeder roots are. So when you start to create a bed, and, you know, the good rule of thumb is that when it comes to uh, uh, adding soil under a tree, no more than an inch per year. And I just said four inches for this bed, right? Yeah. So you don't want to create a bed that's going to encompass all the way out where these feeder roots are. And that's the biggest play. You can, you can add soil. And a loose soil is preferable, So soil that you're going to do bed work with. You can add it, but you don't want to go, uh, especially all in one year, way out by that drip line and to create an issue. Uh, and and that's, that's the big thing. Also keep in mind that when you are doing a four-inch landscape bed, uh, uh, that's loose soil. You're not coming with topsoil. That will if you do four inches of topsoil that the well, a rain a rain may not even get below that four inches, uh, whereas if it's a loose bedding plant saw, it will go through that. So you don't want to you don't want to encompass where those feeder roots are, and that's the biggest drawback. So so near near the uh, tree. Uh, you know, you said, "Well, what are we going to do? We're going to put uh, salt against the uh, the tree alive oak, for example, against the bark itself. No, you can create your bed and then just create a little valley around that, so that that bark is not you're not it's not going to cause maybe uh, uh, bacteria or rodents or something to dig around there or cause uh, uh, rotting around the tree. So you keep it clean. You can still mulch around it and keep it clean and." Uh, and you'll be fine. Uh, you just don't want to create these huge, huge beds all at one time, uh, especially where the feeder roots are. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so, so that's kind of you know when, when a customer comes in and, and we we talk about the side and we say, well, you know, you know, if there's too much shade, too much competition, it'll be very, very difficult for the sod to do well. Most people say, I want to try one time, and after they try it once, they say, yeah, it's it's not going to work. So then then it gets to a matter of, okay, how much bed work do you want to do? Uh, And that will kind of determine the direction of what type of plant you want to do and how much maintenance you want to to do when it comes to these uh, ground cover beds. And I guess the most common one we see, Jeff, and I'm going to pull these two out right now, and this is
0: monkey grass certainly to the right is that to the left too
1: yes and and, and actually i would have thought the reverse jeff because most people when they think of monkey grass they're thinking of this tall one that gets about 12 inches tall and maybe because you're young uh this <laughs> re- <laughs> relatively short because the the one he said he, he was familiar with uh, is the one that's maybe a couple color. inches tall? Yeah. Well, uh, the, the this tall one here, years ago, Jeff was very common around along walkways. I
0: was going to say my old house uh, had that all along, along walkways.
1: That's right, and that's but the then most that common. Would one. Pop up uh, anywhere. That's right, and you could actually see this. The the good thing about this short monkey grass, which really is only an inch or two tall, and that's as tall as it's going to get, as opposed to the uh, regular monkey, which would get twelve inches tall. Okay. The nice thing about this, especially for someone, Jeff, that says, you know, I I just, I don't want, you know, I want a path. I I don't want a lot of shrubbery, is that this will basically have the look of a lawn in the sense that it doesn't get very tall. And the interesting thing about it is that this is the tallest it's going to get. It's not like you have to come back and weedy this to keep it down. And uh, so it is a great ground cover for someone who says, you know, another issue is that, you know, snakes, you know, I I want to be able to see. I'm worried about putting too much clutter. Now, this stage is just like a lawn in terms of height. You don't have to mow it. You can mow it, but you don't have to. It stays short. But the critical part with either one of these, and and some of the others I'm going to talk about, is that it needs a good loose soil, as we talked about at the beginning, is that these divide under the ground. So if you have a good loose soil you plug these every 12, 18 inches apart, Uh, you know, in two or three years, you're going to have a solid, quote-unquote, lawn, I guess, uh, but a solid ground cover underneath there that's very, very easy to maintain. Uh, One of the issues with certain ground covers, Jeff, is that it freezes, right? So you could say, man, you know, we just got a hard cold, got down to 22 degrees. What happens to this stuff? Absolutely nothing No, I mean, this. they, they survive. Extremely resilient. So it's a great one. The Another one that's real resilient, but it takes me a little bit convincing, and many times I cannot convince uh, my customer, is this one right here. And this one is Asian Jasmine. And so – uh, Wait,
0: when that fills out, it's beautiful.
1: It's, it's beautiful, but boy, it, if, if it's not planted in the right spot, it is a nightmare. <laughs> and what I mean by that is that this is one that's easy to do. The bed preparation does not have to be a lot because it vines on top of the ground. It's not going underneath, so it's going to root as it spreads. So you still need to do a little bed work, but it's not as complete, not as extensive. You know, you don't need as much organic matter. You don't need to add, do four inches, a couple inches would be all you would need. And this stuff will spread again. Nothing's going to kill it. Uh, it can take the cold. It's an evergreen. All of these are evergreens. And uh, the biggest issue with this is that if you are going to attempt, like with monkey grass, many times peop, uh, people, Jeff, will use it as a edging for a bed. Or they will do little clusters. Say, I'm going to take this dwarf mondo, and, and we do this, and we'll put uh, maybe a, a you know eight or ten or twelve of them in a little area, plant shrubs, and do another eight or ten to give just a different look. Okay, you don't want to do that with jasmine. Okay, you do not want to um, uh, try to assimilate this with other plants uh, in within the bed. It will be a nightmare. Okay? Gotcha. So, what you the, the only thing you, you you could plant it within would be a tree, such as an oak tree or something like that. And and I guess you know. What I try to tell my customers, if you go drive around town and you look at many of the uh, commercial beds, you will see this a lot in there. And the reason they use it is what I'm talking about, is that it's easy to maintain as long as it is not within a bunch of shrubs. That it becomes a nightmare. The jasmine will stay green year-round. It spreads easy, does real well. A weed eater will knock it down. And interesting enough, you can actually take Roundup and spray over the top of this, and it won't hurt it. So if you, why, do, why would you though? Well, because you sometimes so you, you other can weed Other weeds. Sometimes you get Bermuda coming through it or something like that, and that becomes a nightmare. But again, you couldn't do that with monkey grass, and and that is a nightmare when it comes to monkey grass planted in the sun. It'll grow, but it is a nightmare when Bermuda or crabgrass or other weeds get within it then it becomes, I mean, so many people, these ground covers in the sun are a nightmare, the monkey grass I'm talking about, because it is. it becomes so weed, uh, the weeds become so invasive within the plant that you just can't keep up. You just constantly. Yeah, I
0: pulling. always dreamt of a lawn of monkey grass. Just, it, it but, would, but then there you go. There you go. I, it would have been frustrating. It, it would
1: have been very frustrating because you just can't, uh, there's no weed killer. You just spray it and and kill all the weeds and not hurt this so uh you know monkey grass is not a true grass it is it is a truly it's more of a broadleaf, you wouldn't look at it uh, when you come at this from a scientific cell level uh and so there's not a lot you can spray like in the lawn you couldn't use the weed kills you use in the lawn in lawn grass in monkey grass it wouldn't work so that's kind of my three uh major go-tos this one right here that i'm showing is one called Laripe. This one is a very, very good ground cover. The same issue, however, it it will grow in sun or shade, easy to maintain. Uh, The monkey grass is easy to maintain in the shade, and this is easy to maintain in the shade. Uh, Liriope will make a little pretty uh, bluish flower. Blooms in the summertime all summer long. I think the big issue with this one is that it it will die down in the wintertime. And what I mean by die down, it doesn't, doesn't die. It just dies down, goes dormant, and then it comes back in the spring with new growth. So basically what happens is, uh, you know, early spring they'll kind of weed eat all the dead leaves that are still there. And then, then it comes back in the spring. But the monkey grass will stay green year-round and so will the jasmines. But this one gives you a little color, the, the, hardiest, the hardiest way to uh, get color. Um, this one right here, and, and, and I'm going through some of the more common ones, Jeff. But the truth of the matter is is that uh, anything realistic could be a ground cover. It just whether it's gonna be planted in mass or how quickly does it divide. This is called a holly fern. And uh doesn't look like much here, but actually it's very uh very pretty, it's very glossy green. There's also the wood ferns, it's more common. Uh, they will die back but they come back. This would held this would held up very, very well in the cold weather as opposed to something like a macho fern or a Boston fern. They're very beautiful, but they die completely. So, so when you are doing a ground cover bed, you want to you kind of look. This is not something where you're planting a few, like, the seasonal plants, and, you know, if you got to replace it, no big deal. Ground cover beds, usually uh, you want to focus on having it mass planted that's going to stay green or at minimum come back every year. You don't want to have to replant the whole thing. And and don't get too uh, worried about, uh, oh, I want color. Uh, what you do is you do your foundation of the ground cover with something that's going to be green, such as monkey grass, jasmine, uh, uh, ferns, all the And then if you wanted color, then you put pots within there that, mm. that could give you a nice look to it, makes, makes it maybe a, a beautiful ornate pot. And you put your color in that, and that works out really good. You always have your base ground cover that's green, and it works out really, really, really well uh then i I bought a few other things this one is called uh paxandra doesn't look like much but you can see jeff it's a spreader right yeah yeah uh it'll be uh it's evergreen it actually held up really well in the winter maybe not quite as well in this last cold but normal winters it makes a yellow flower it can look a little bit weedy because of the way it just vines and and it kind of goes upright but if you maintain it and kind of weed eat it uh it'll it'll bloom and do well well this is the one i think we talked about a few weeks ago uh ruella makes a little either pink purple or mexican petunia purple pink or white flower uh very very aggressive and hardy uh it's a good one so if you want color it'll do well but this will take uh sun and then uh the last one i bought uh bugleweed and this is a this is one that loves the shade has pretty leaf color, stays short, actually makes a blue flower.
0: And in this case, too, it uh, already looks tight. And, it is.
1: It's, it's very dense. The only negative to this one is that, uh, is that you, you do have want to have good bed prep. You don't want to have yeah. areas that stay wet. You can get some root fungus. But once you get it in the ground and uh, a and, 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 and decent bed, uh, it's, a, it's a pretty one uh, that does well. And the other common one that people see I didn't bring any in is English ivy. And uh, it kind of looks like the Paxandra. It just spreads, uh, real fl- uh, open flowing, but uh, aggressive, does real well, and uh, it's, it, it stays evergreen. So you got a lot of options, and, but right now would be the worst time to try to plant it. But it's the best time to prepare, meaning that you can act, uh, get your outline of maybe for the bed you want to do. You can actually, uh, you know, put your edging down, put your soil, be prepared to do it because the fall is the best time to do it, you know. When do we sell most of our plants, uh, Jeff? In the spring. When's the best time to plant most of the plants? In the fall. Mm-hmm. But 80% of it is done in the spring, 20% is done in the fall, and in the summertime everybody kind of looks out from the window. And uh, But but it's, it's a really good time to set something like that. And so, uh, you know, easy to do. Uh, really preparation is probably the key with any time you're doing flower beds. Uh, you want to look at your sunlight. You want to look at design, how you want to do it, and you want to look at maintenance. You know, how much maintenance do you want to do? And, Jeff, trust me, everybody comes in and says, I want I want something hardy and low maintenance. All right? Then we show them the hardy and low maintenance. And they say, well, I want more color. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and then you jump to a little bit more maintenance. So it's kind of a uh, – you gotta you got to understand that usually, especially when it comes to ground covers, the hardiest ones are just the evergreen. But the idea of the pots are very, very good uh, in terms of getting color, but your base is always going to be there in Hardy.
0: Tell you what uh, gave me a little color, um, and you turned me on to it, the potato ivy. That's right. Boy, did that work well for me, man.
1: And that is and, a great ground cover. Yeah. And uh, so if you want color, now what, what Jeff talking is talking uh, uh, is the potato vine, and it is, uh, comes in purple. Green, a lime green and kind of a variegated copper-looking colors and, and a few other ones. But basically, the leaves is what's giving you the color. Yeah. And uh, But they're very aggressive. They spread extremely fast. Which is what I was
0: hoping and for. And cover a
1: big area. and uh, But they do freeze back in the winter. And so, so that's kind of a drawback. Many times, they're going to come back from the potato itself.
0: Yeah, I, I don't remember having a problem year after year.
1: Yeah, so they'll come back, sometimes a little bit sparser than others, but if you do want color and you want something for the summer, that's an easy one uh, to do. Remember, ground covers are something that's going to cover the ground, and uh, and so that's that's a. I still call it an annual, but you're correct. Uh, as when that when that soil temperature warms up enough, they will sprout and eventually fill it in. And uh, but it's it's a good it's a good one. And um, and but heather, lantana, those are good uh, uh, seasonal. Uh, ground covers, you know, those are uh, technically perennials, and they are, but like this past year, sometimes they'll burn back and, and take a little while to come back. Uh, but, but hardy, it, it kind of just depends on how much color you want and how much maintenance you want. And, uh, you, you know, the ones we talked about here are probably the lowest upkeep. Uh, maybe not as not as as beautiful as maybe the Lantanas and Heathers would get you a lot of color, but low upkeep. But all of those are really, really good. Good uh, ground covers and
0: uh, and perform very very well. Yeah. Uh, again, I'll go back to that Asian uh, thing. What's it called again? Asian jasmine. Yeah, jasmine. Uh, that's what I always forget. The um, w- once it fills out, it's it's so good looking. It, it, it is.
1: It. it is. But boy, people who plant it and, and put it in a bad spot, Jeff. Boy, they say no way am I touching that. And I get it. I get it. It has to be in the right spot. And and and. But the neat thing about this stuff is that it'll go in full sun, Jeff, or full shade, which is kind of unusual, you know, and, and not have a problem because it grows so thick. And when you do get weed issues, you can spray over it.
0: Yeah. yeah. This, You know, half of my old yard uh, was a slab that where a garage uh, used to be, uh-huh. and so it was like a patio. And then, you know, there's a little space between it and a fence, and then there's a tree behind it, a big tree, uh, and so things didn't grow, so... All these different ground covers eventually took like half my yard. Right. And maybe a third of it. Right. I loved it. it right. That much less to cut. And cut in awkward areas, too, around. Exactly. Uh, whether it's uh, roots or um, whatever else, you know. So. Exactly. That's exactly right. Anyway, anything else uh, you want to yep, share? Uh, Jeff,
1: I think, I think that's it. Just uh, everybody stay cool, stay hydrated.
0: Anything? And again, I guess water is about all you can do. We're going to see. Very little rain expected Sunday through at least Wednesday, and we're going to see temperatures high temps around 100 yeah. Tuesday mm-hmm. and Wednesday. Uh, so I guess just-, just as
1: I've talked about in the past, you know, uh, you know containers take extreme a, a lot of water, and depending on the size of that plant. Remember, if you put a plant in there in the spring that was six inches tall, and now it's three feet tall, those roots are the same way. So if it was in a small pot now. When you water, you know, the water may be going straight to the pot because the roots have overtaken it. So, you know, it's, it's hard to say to tell people water your plants twice a week, you know. As a general rule, at this point, Jeff, you are watering once a day in a container, pretty much anything, all right? Sometimes twice a day. It depends on the situation, how big that plant is in relation to the, to the container itself. So you, you, you almost cannot overwater in a container right now. You could have six inches of rain, and the next day if the sun comes out and it's hot, you got to water. Ground's a little bit different. Ground, uh, the, the ground will, will definitely hold more water. But I'll give you a, a great example. At my house, I have a huge magnolia tree. It's in the shade, okay? And I have some dwarf azaleas in the front. And uh, I literally, uh, I guess about a week ago, let a good, uh, a, a good amount of water with a hose around each one run for 15 minutes around each plant and when i went back there was no standing water meaning that that tree took a hell of a lot of water jeff so just remember you know roots other roots other other there's there's other things taking in your water so you got to be aware of all that and uh uh, it it would be virtually almost impossible to overwater. and as i say that i'm thinking of of people maybe planting new sod and and could actually do it and they've done it by just letting the water run for hours (laughs) It's just flooding the thing, but sloshy. Don't want to do that. But, but as a general rule, uh, it, is, it is just when it gets to this extreme, uh, uh, you you got to water and, and don't miss. Gotcha.
0: Richard, always a pleasure. Uh, go see him at the corner of Hopkins and West St. Peter six days a week
1: these days.
0: Thank you, Jeff. You bet. Always a pleasure.